burned out. The fall of Trump. Campaign bracing for loss. 9% chance of winning electoral college. I don't believe that. I still believe that when people get a chance to vote, will we ever get a chance to vote? I believe, in fact, that there's a lot of people out there, and I've been saying this, folks, and it's not easy, but I have been saying that there's a lot of people that just don't want to be vocal, and they're not, they're not telling anyone that they're going to vote for the president. I know of two particular people who I don't know if people looked at them. They would think they were a Biden supporter or a Trump supporter. They would never have a Trump sign in their lawn, never. And if they were ever in a situation where someone said who you, they would avoid the topic. As a matter of fact, they're both in occupations where they need to avoid the topic. But I know both of them are voting for the president. So, but just some of the other headlines, 22 million have already voted. Avalanche of early ballots transforming election. Now, a lot of this, this whole business of um, the, the early voting, keep in mind, you know, Vice President Biden, he, he'll, he won't admit, folks, they, this goes beyond transforming but not only do they want to transform and, and remake the Supreme Court, they want to turn the country into a far left socialist. That's what's going on. And many people, you know, I don't like Trump. I don't like his tweeting. You're, you're missing the larger picture. And, and all due respects to the president. But this this is about so much more than just, you know, President Trump. This is about. Our way of life. This is about the American system. This is about safety, the value of your home, the value of your neighborhood. They want to throw Section 8 housing everywhere. You know, Dan McGowan, those of you that get roadmap each day, he has a good piece. I don't know if it's in the globe, but just the average median price of a home in Rhode Island right now is the highest it's ever been. And Biden would, you know, would get rid of that, as a matter of fact. I was so angry watching that last night. Why? Because it was just so unfair. She wasn't even attempting to be fair. Now, part of this, I want to be very clear. Every The president can't do everything. It was almost like when Giselle said about Tom Brady, you know, my husband can't throw the football and catch it when, um, when it was a drop pass in the Super Bowl. And, you know, it, she, I, I don't know if that's a little bit of extreme, but some of this needed to be negotiated on the president's behalf, such as NBC. Maybe we'll do a town hall with NBC. Maybe we won't. Maybe we'll do it with CBS. I don't think it would have been made any sense to do it with Fox. The president already has the Fox audience. The president that'd be preaching to the choir. President Trump needs to reach out to independent voters, Democrat voters, who just listen to the narrative in the media and suddenly say, hey, wait a minute. I agree with what he's saying, and I don't agree with what Biden is saying. But I was always mentioning right now, this is interesting. Every Wednesday, I have on Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. And he gives out an address if you want to get roadmap. And all you do is send him a blank email and he, it delivers it right to your inbox. And I, it's filled with information and it's free. And he has the income needed and then the median price home in certain places to live, such as <coughs> Central Falls right now. The median price home in Central Falls is 147,450. The income needed in order to afford to live there is $49,000.
Providence without the east side. Income needed 65000 medium price home in Providence, Rhode Island, where you can't use the schools, where the neighborhoods are on say 203000 And then it goes on from there. Pawtucket, medium price home, two twenty five. Income needed, 68000 Woonsocket. Median priced home in Woodsocket is two twenty three. Two twenty three. Income needed seventy thousand in Woodsocket. Warwick is almost tied with Woodsocket. Income needed seventy thousand. Median priced home two thirty nine. West Warwick has actually moved ahead of Warwick. Think of that. Granted, smaller. And granted the airport, but West Warwick income needed seventy one thousand. Medium price home two twenty nine, and then it goes on to Boroughville two sixty nine, um, Smithfield income needed eighty eight thousand. Medium price home three eleven, Cumberland eighty eight thousand income needed. Medium price home three fifteen, and then North Smithfield ninety thousand. Medium price home three twenty two, and then it has all the different cities and towns. My point, Lincoln. Income needed, 104000 Medium price home, 355000 And then it just goes on and on. Someone might say, well, where's the most expensive place if what you have to earn and live in Rhode Island? It's, it's not real, but it's Block Island, where the medium price home, the median price home in Block Island is 990000 Think of that. Income needed, two thirty eight. Now, that is because of Block Island's very expensive real estate. My point is... What did not come out last night in this town hall, let me, let me just say this. As the president got rolling, President Trump, he, he was relaxed. He was supposed to be talking to taking questions. That's supposed to be a town hall. That's not what that was. That was Savannah Guthrie once again. You know, how many times this whole foolishness, and folks, it is, it is so maddening. This business that the president has to denounce white supremacy. Like, this is moronic at this point. That is not who's been doing the damage in the country. We don't even have white supremacy in our area. We don't. There's some pockets of it in certain parts of the country. But the the damage that people have been seeing done is, in fact, the Black Lives Matter rallies, protests, the Antifa, that's who's been destroying the cities. And another mistake, I'll say it, President Trump, his people, never should have had him up against Biden. Why? Because the Biden people got away with this. That Joe Biden thinks an eight-year-old should be allowed to decide if they're transgender. That's right. He said it last night. That an eight-year-old child or a ten-year-old child decides, you know, I decided I want to be transgender. That's what I think I'd like to be. It may make my life a lot easier. There should be zero discrimination. And what's happening is... An eight-year-old child decides that he's transgender. Why didn't a lot of people see that last night? Actually, apparently, according to the numbers, a lot of people did. <clears throat> it's because they had the president on at the same time. I, obviously, you're going to watch, I think, President Trump. Now, I I think because of the amount of people, for instance, you could watch it online. So that takes viewers away from television sets. So in in, in another deceiving element of that is the largest media markets are New York and California. 
and, and those are both, as you can imagine, liberal areas. So, of course, they're going to watch Biden over Trump. But I would like to know how it broke out in the battleground states. And otherwise, as I was you know, mentioning, otherwise you missed this last night with Joe Biden. You know, who would have thought that Joe Biden, the vice president, he has a solution to the police violence. No one's ever thought of it before. All you do is you shoot the guy in the leg. We can do this. You can ban chokeholds. You can, but, to, but to, beyond that, you have to teach people how to de-escalate circumstances. De-escalate. So instead of anybody coming at you, the first thing you do is shoot to kill. You shoot them in the leg. There's ways you have to do more background checks in terms of whether or not the person coming in passes certain psychological tests. And the last thing I'll say, and I'm sorry because it was really, I think, really, really important, is you have to be in a position where you are able to identify identify the things that have to change and one of the things that has to change is so many cops get called into circumstances where somebody is mentally off like what happened not long ago that guy with the knife that's why we have to provide within police departments psychologists and social workers to go out with the cops on those calls those some of those 911 calls you know so much of that though it it I, i that is true that they're off, but it's split-second decisions, and they are violent. Maybe they are on drugs, but in that moment, they're looking to possibly kill someone and and maybe kill a police officer. And we've seen countless examples like that. So, you know, that, that man the other night that was wreaking havoc in, in Providence, as I mentioned, at Joe Palino's building, you know, smashing glass, glass windows, and then he had a machete— <clears throat> you know, it must be nice to be able to say, oh, they, they should have sent out a social worker. See, he just has a drug problem. Well, yeah, he maybe maybe that is true. But he's also extremely, extremely violent. Extremely violent. You know, I can't stand now. Look at this. They are running clips of last night of Savantha Guthrie. It's like our highlight. I have no problem. Again, the doctors do it. I don't ask them. I, I test all the time. And they, Did you take a test, though, on the day of the debate? You know, if you ask the doctor, they'll give you a perfect answer. But yeah. they take a test, and I leave, and I go about so my you, business. Did you take a test on the day of the debate, I guess, uh, is the I bottom line? I probably did, and I took a test the day before and the day before, and I was always in great shape. You have so much power and influence as president. I'm you could go to your, you could require it in your rallies, I'm and you could say, nowhere. everyone put on a mask right now, and the University of Washington says, you could say why. University of Washington, and you have other places that say different things. Let me ask you about QAnon. It is this. Oh, my God. How is this a question at a debate town hall? Now, can you just once and for all state that that is completely not true? This is about QAnon in its entirety. I know nothing about QAnon. I just told you. I know very little. You told me, but what you tell me doesn't necessarily make it fact. That's right. You know, again... What I object to is someone made the decision and thought, yeah, that'll be fine. That'll be fine, NBC. Sure. What time do you want us? Okay, 8 o'clock, and Savannah's going to be the town hall moderator. You know what? Let me just double check with the president, but I think that sounds good. Who on earth made the decision that that would be okay? Who, like... I mean, I could see a setup coming a mile away, right? Anyone could have. 
I don't want to be redundant here, but why was he even put in that situation? You're, you're not going to be treated fairly. Um, you're not going to be treated fairly in that way. Instead, you're, you're going to be treated very unfairly is what's going to happen. So let me play a little bit more of I, I folks, I, I know we can beat up on Savannah Guthrie, but it's it's really coming down to it is a missed opportunity is what it is. That was a missed opportunity. And now we're down to one final debate. We're down to one final debate. And this whole business, the nerve of her saying you're like the crazy uncle. So what does that make Biden, as a matter of fact? What does that make Joe Biden, who has been nowhere on the campaign trail? And why are they suddenly talking, you know, all these questions, all these questions. You know what question they hated? The one person that had something positive to say about President Trump. Thank you very much. I have to say you have a great smile. Now, the fact is, it was good to see the president smile, right? It was actually good to see the president smile. And and then after that, he actually seemed relaxed. I bet NBC did not like the fact that that woman got through to actually, you know, compliment the president. But if, if the, the remaining part of the campaign, if the Trump people could get the president to relax... And be more just totally not so wound up with everything. I, I think it would serve him very, very well. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by JKL Engineering. Now listen, with the heating season here, call JKL. They will tune up JKL Engineering, reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%, highest rebates on the market, new installation replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. Call J.K.L. Engineering today at 401-351-7600. 401-351-7600. J.K.L. Engineering. Reduce your oil bill by as much as 90%. They have the highest rebates on the market. New installation and replacement of high-efficiency gas boilers. Estimates are free. Financing is available. J.K.L. They're licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Do you know for over 50 years, J.K.L. Engineering, second to none. Call J.K.L. Engineering today at 401-351-7600, 401-351-7600 for J.K.L. Engineering. Let me play another clip of uh, last night, and then we're going to actually talk to uh, Dr. Lisa coming up. I thought it was... Uh, very unfair the way the president was set up into this. And basically, the fact that NBC staffers were high-fying Savannah Guthrie afterwards, that, that's not what that's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a moderator, right? It's not supposed to be a takedown. It's supposed to be a moderator. It's supposed to, but see, this is part of the problem that you didn't have the two of them. On the same stage. You didn't have the way it was supposed to be. I didn't. It was very, very frustrating. Anyone that watched it last night, the dueling town halls and to put them on at the same time. I don't I I just don't understand the strategy. Um, Then they they should have they could have backed out on the NBC one 
and then said to CBS, you know, we'll do it at nine o'clock or or Fox or Fox like Fox Network or whoever. I don't know. Maybe they tried that. And maybe for whatever reason, there was no one that would would take it like that. But to go through all that and then basically just turn that into where Savannah Guthrie, you know, I, I hated that whole thing of you're somebody's crazy uncle. Like, that's just so insulting to there's no accountability on behalf of the Biden people. I mean, there's just no accountability on behalf of, you know, his responsibility with a lot of the protests or the most they'll get is that Biden won't answer about stacking the Supreme Court. And I recognize that that is one of those questions a lot of people don't get. And and he wasn't even called out on the fact that as much as he's saying, well, I'll answer that after the election, the the election people are already voting. But should we really have been surprised that George Stephanopoulos gave Joe Biden an easy time, which was it seems so slow moving as he was, in fact, uh, Biden talking about the Supreme Court. Let me um, play a little bit of this from last night. Because I think it just generates what will happen. Every whoever wins, it just keeps moving in a way that is inconsistent with what is going to be manageable. So you're still not a fan? Well, I'm not a fan. I don't say it depends on how this turns out, not how he wins, but how it's handled. How it's handled. But there's a number of things that are going to be coming up, and there's going to be a lot of discussion about other alternatives as well. What does that mean, how it's handled? How will that determine? Well, for, 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 for example, there's actually real live debate on the floor if people are really going to be able to have a time to go through this. You know, I don't know anybody who's gone on the floor and just, and you know, that's been a controversial justice in terms of making fundamentally altering the, the, the makeup of the court that's gone through in a day kind of thing. I mean, it depends on how much they rush this. So that was um, Biden last night. And again, it, it, he wasn't hammered by Stephanopoulos. I mean, you're basically hearing a conversation is is what they were having. Um, folks, we're going to talk with um, our friend Dr. Lisa uh, coming up momentarily. But I, I um, once again want to remind you, folks, if you're ever having a problem with one of your appliances, as we say, if your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. 401-710-7096. Ryan's Appliance Repair. Repairs on all makes and models of appliances. If your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401 710 7096. So I like to talk politics and hear exactly someone else. And there's someone who uh, always has a good take. And I want to um, have her on the program right now. And she is our friend, uh, folks, Dr. Lisa. But again, remember Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401 710 7096. If your appliance. Is that Dr. Lisa? Oh, good. Are you ready? All right, here we go, folks. Join us on the line. And I'm anxious to hear her thoughts on last night is our friend, Dr. Lisa. Good afternoon, Dr. Lisa. Good afternoon, Juan. How are you? I'm very well. Well, I, you know what? I was so irritated watching Savannah Guthrie and the president last night. And I want to hear your thoughts on it. Well, I the whole thing has just gotten out of control, I think. Um, you know, he doesn't get a chance to get his points across. And 
what I always say, if you laid out what he's done, what Joe Biden wants to do, took the names off of the paper, there's no question that President Trump would win by a landslide. And people who were Democrat would be voting for him, you know, all over the place. But that's not what the media has wanted to portray. So they're they're kind of making an act out of everything. They They manipulate how they want to portray him. And they do. They get him riled up. You watch his rallies, and he's amazing. He needs to have that environment, and but they won't give that to him because they know that. You know, that's a very, very good point. And, and her, do you notice last night, Dr. Lisa, Savannah Guthrie, it, it wasn't even, it was just, she had her list of questions. It was rapid fire questions. It was almost like she had no interest in what the answer was going to be. Her focus was just getting her question out. In before he could even answer, yeah. he barely opened his mouth. I, it, it, it's just really hard to see the um, the difference between how, how they're both treated. I mean, I don't know what it takes for the Trump campaign to get somebody who is more impartial, or at least can play to be impartial for an hour, just to uh, allow him to get his points across. I just I find the whole thing disrespectful. The way she talked to him, what she called him. See, he's the president of our, the United States, and I don't care if you if you like him or you don't like him. His policies have done so many great things. And, uh, you know, at this point, I, I read a really good meme. It says something like, this isn't Valentine's Day. You're voting for what kind of world you want to live in. You're not voting for President Trump or Joe Biden. You're voting for what they stand for. And I, for one, am voting for uh, the American flag and capitalism. And I do not want a socialist defunded police, uh, you know, state. So that's that's my feeling on that. And I'd love to talk about Gina's Halloween trick-or-treating <laughs> go right ahead dr lisa that caught a lot of people off guard yesterday with um so the whole business that you can't be out at night and have everyone home by sundown and i really like on thanksgiving as the whole family sits around the table you say uh oh i'm sorry mom you you, you and dad are sitting in the other room we have a separate table for you uh but go right ahead yeah. well i think what scares me more is that people are willing to give up their civil liberties so easily. Um, this sounds more like communist China or Cuba, where they would be telling us how to live our lives um, in our own home. Or, or the fact that we can't come out after 6.30. It gets dark out at 6.30. People don't work until, you know, 5 o'clock. It's almost getting dark, you know, before they get home. So for that, that was the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And she made it sound like they were going to build these restrictions, and then she came back with that. So it's like... I feel like they're grasping at straws, and they're not using the numbers. They're trying to use the numbers to scare people. I don't believe in all this asymptomatic testing. I think they use the asymptomatic testing to pull their positive rate down, which is fine. But for her to say that it's being spread in small um, break rooms and trick-or-treating after dark or that that's going to lead to bad behavior, I, I just feel that she is constantly encroaching. I was happy to see that there's a lawsuit now against her. You know, uh, there are about 10 people suing her, and, and I hope that there's more to follow because uh, it's going to be the only way for us to bypass the legislators who don't want to meet. I mean, this getting, it's just getting, it's crossing the line. And I just think people have to start realizing that, um, you know, this virus isn't, you can't run hide from a virus, John. Uh, you know, do you have a science background? I'm not a, you know, epidemiologist or somebody like that. But you, once the virus is out, you can't hide from it. So even with the vaccine, the virus isn't going anywhere. And, uh, you know, people are going to have to make the choice for themselves whether or not they want to trick-or-treat after dark, but they want grandma to sit at the table, they want to hug a family member, they want to travel to Massachusetts to the Cape for the weekend. I mean, these, these um, executive orders, people have to understand, they're not enforceable, they're against your constitutional rights. And it's really getting scary to see people giving up these rights so freely. 
you know, again, uh, folks, we're talking with uh, our friend of the program, Dr. Lisa. But, but Dr. Lisa, there's so much, you know, what are people to do? You have, on the one hand, uh, President Trump just doesn't get credit for anything. He was right. He and, and uh, education commissioner in saying the children need to be back in school and they can be back in school. And as much as the governor has said it is safer to kids to be back in school and then you still have these teachers unions fighting her on it. The president never seems to get any credit for that. No, I mean, no. And I mean, I think I wish the governor, I mean, I, I think she could, you know, win a lot of points if she would actually press these schools to get back in. I mean, I live in Barrington. We have had 92 cases since March. And, you know, we do have, I, I think they've done a great job in Barrington. Our, our case receipts are in full time every day. Um, our our uh, 7 through 12, unfortunately, is on a hybrid model, which is, you know, I guess better than what some, some poor kids are feeling. But the, the uh, science that's coming out and the reports that are coming out, they have to start to adapt. They only seem to like to adapt with the reports come out that favor their narrative. They don't like to accept that, you know, that he, Trump is, you know, listening to all, all of the, the different information. He's not just listening to one person. They, they'll both just listen to one person, and that's what they want to go on. But they have to look at the new information coming out. They had a whole article just out of that. The schools are not super spreaders. You know, the schools are not super spreaders in, in any way. And, Dr. Lisa, something else, um, folks, and again, good afternoon. It's Sean DePietro. Something else is a lot of the colleges, all those kids are going to be coming home for Thanksgiving. And I, I just don't know, you know, what you do about families want to see each other, uh, families, all those college kids that could be bringing whatever they picked up on the campus back into their homes. Now, a lot of them are not going back after that. Some colleges, the semester is then you just go distance learning after Thanksgiving. They're not going to have them come home, maybe pick up germs, go back to the campus. But a, a, a lot of this, I, I just don't know how much you can regulate when people are related and want to see each other. And and now we're down to even if you're going to see family members, you're supposed to wear a mask when you're in their home. I mean, I don't think they should be regulating anything that we decide. We live in a free country, so we should be able to decide that for our own good. I wear a mask everywhere I'm supposed to wear a mask. If I'm in close contact with someone, I wear a mask that I, when I'm out. But I'm not going to wear a mask in my own home, John. I, I refuse. That's just, that's costing life. I want to see my mother or my in-laws and my daughter's home from college. My daughter goes to school in Miami. They test there. I think most of these kids you'll find have already had it. I mean, talking to a college kid, you, you, you've heard that they, a lot of them you don't even feel the numbers are really that accurate. But... They're, they're, they're mild to asymptomatic, and they are going to bring it home. Just like every year when this happens, they bring flu home. They bring colds home. And I understand COVID is, a, I feel, a more contagious disease. I, I wish there would be more information about who exactly is in the hospital. I read things, but, it, you know, when I talk to people, I look at the people in the ICU. I look at the, the, the people on the ventilators. I don't know who else is in the hospital, but for her to be saying, like, the whole carpooling and uh, the, the break rooms, I... I, I from my understanding that Narragansett has had the highest increase, you know, per capita over the last, like, couple of weeks. Well, it's all the college kids that they're testing. You know, they're going to find you can't, you cannot keep people away from each other. It's been seven, eight months of this, and it's just going to keep going on and on. But I, I don't think that anyone should be regulating. We are, we have learned a lot. We have to be able to figure out what we need to do in our home and who we want to see. And if it's okay, if grandma wants us to hug them, then we should go ahead and hug them in our own home. You know, it just, it has to end at some point. We just cannot continue to live like this. Suicides are through the roof. Overdoses through the roof. It's just not conducive to that. And it's, it's getting very, it's, it's, you can see in the Northeast, so much more political. They're the only ones with these, a lot of these um, 
travel restrictions. That doesn't happen anywhere else. It's like Colorado, California, and the Northeast. I mean, people down south, they can go wherever they want. There's nobody checking on them, trying to get a test before they come home. And it just, it just to this point, we have, like you say, we have learned to live with the virus. It's, it's going to be like this for an indefinite amount of time until people feel comfortable. It's all about people feeling comfortable to go out and do what they want to do. And if some people want to do that with a mask, but they don't, at some point that might be okay when the vaccine comes out. But, you know, I, I think the things that they have put in place are the best that they can do. You know, they can't, you cannot, this is not going to go away. The cases aren't going to go away. So we can all just do what we can do. But I don't think that um, having Thanksgiving with your immediate family members, you know, which in our case can be 10, 15, 20 people, that, that should be, a, that's our personal decision. If grandma's not comfortable coming, then she'll stay home and she can visit with you other ways. But they shouldn't be dictating what we can do in our own home. You're exactly right. And Dr. Lisa, before I let you go, and again, folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on this uh, rainy Friday. You know, Governor Armando started off by saying uh, compared to Wisconsin and they're watching Wisconsin. But then I even I even asked her, I said, but but why look at Wisconsin, who is, you know, six as you six million people, five million people. Look at Florida. Florida is as you they're wide open. Their nightclubs are open. They are functioning and learning. If you if you if you have a compromised immune system, then your life is greatly altered. But one thing I'll say that at least Governor Rundle, the pushback about these like Pawtucket schools, they're not doing any in-person learning. I do like how the governor pointed out they have found and it's that Brown University article that was in The Atlantic by Dr. Um, Dr. Oster. And that is they're finding the covid numbers for the kids that are distance learning at home are the same for kids that are in the classroom. So there's there's no benefit for the kids to be at home. Yeah, that was the best part of her, um, you know, her speech all day. I, I loved, um, you know, her, her, you know, addressing them and calling them out because it's actually absolutely horrible. I mean, if you talk to the police officers, domestic violence and family, you know, disturbances have, were, have been on the rise since we had this lockdown. Nobody's checking in on those kids, especially those younger kids. Who's watching them, seeing if they're neglected? Are they getting food? You know, are they having issues, you know, at home? Nobody's able to check on them. You know, but it, she needs, I, I'd like to see her do more. You know, I don't know how much more, you know, can be done, but... Um, you know, I, I, one of the things I, I'd like to say is just you have a lot of listeners, you have a lot of reach, and people just, um, I'd love to see people just try to get involved locally, you know, with their uh, local Republican, you know, committees. And, um, you know, we've had some great uh, outpouring of support. I saw you at the Trump rally, and, uh, you know, on a holiday weekend, there were, you know, four or 500 people there. And it's just been really great to see so many brave people coming out and not afraid to, to show their support. But um, people need the help on the ground here. We have some great candidates running, but they all need help. They need help delivering uh, literature, and, and they need money. So uh, there's some really good races around the, the state, and uh, has done a great job getting some candidates. So if people are looking at it for a way to help. If they can't really help, you know, voting for Trump in a blue state, we'll do our best. And I think he's going to do well in Rhode Island. But, um, you know, help out locally. Go find go find your local party. You can be an independent. The Republicans welcome independents, you know, that are like-minded. So there's a place for everyone to be able to help out. So I'd love to, you know, just kind of, if your people are getting frustrated like I am, you know, that's what they can do. You know, I really am glad you said that, Dr. Lisa. I agree with you. And also, just as an example, and I, I'm like you, I like anyone that gets involved. For instance, yesterday there was a, they call it a Trump honking wave, where a group of people, and they're, they're terrific, and they're very dedicated, and they have signs. And you, but and they did a honking wave right on Main Street in East Greenwich. Boy, I, I would love if they would incorporate, we have two great candidates, Anthony Giarusso, and Chad Callahan that are both running for rep and Senate, mm-hmm. I would love to mix in and turn that into a Trump, Giarusso, Callahan, Hawkin wave. So then you get 
all three of those. And as you were saying, you can have real impact on a local election. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think there are, there's a silent majority. I mean, a lot of us can't put, you know, we can't put stickers on our car. We can't, you know, right. put signs in our yard. And you see what happens. I mean, you see what has happened. I've seen candidates all over the country. Um, you know, a young kid in North Carolina had his whole yard was vandalized by yep. people. So, you know, but we can't stay silent anymore, John. No. That's the problem is that I, I, I feel like things are, people are starting to get more vocal because I think as people start to come out, and I think that first Trump vote parade was very telling. I was surprised how many people came out. And I think once your friends and neighbors start to see, hey, oh, you know, uh, you know, this one supports Trump or this one supports him, then they're not so scared so much to even maybe just talk about it because I think that's how people are feeling. But I think that we have to start, we just can't let them sort of dictate that we have to stay silent. We have to let people know who we support. And I know there's been, you know, in certain communities, it's hard to sort of associate yourself you know, with Trump, they, they get all over you. But still, I, I don't think that it's a bad thing. And, uh, you know, I'd love to see there's some really great candidates running. And I, I really am excited to see what happens, you know, in our state races, because there's some really great people that uh, we need. You know, we need to do something at our state level. We're just... Uh, we're on the brink. <laughs> no, you're exactly right, Dr. Lisa. Before I let you go, whenever the president's name is mentioned at one of those briefings, now you know I'm in there. Other than me, mm-hmm. how many Trump supporters would you guess are sitting in that room that are members of the media? Uh, members of the media, I don't think. Are probably any. You're probably <laughs> the answer would be zero. That's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. That's why the, the set of yeah. questions that are even like, the, I don't even think it's a, like they, they even, there was one question at a, at one of the press briefings for Governor Amundo, like, you know, will Governor, will you denounce white supremacy? I mean, it's just be, it's so moronic when people ask that question. When we have a guy downtown, you know, smashing up a building, people, protesters, activists going on the highway. Th- this whole business of white supremacy is it, it, it's totally a fake issue. The problem is the violence from many of the protests. Exactly. I mean, I, I'm appalled to see, I guess, I think I missed something yesterday. I saw in a post there was something happening around the police safety complex. I, my husband and I will not go to Federal Hill or any province restaurant anytime soon. Yeah. And we've been out at restaurants since they opened back in May. I mean, we love to go out to eat. I'm not a good cook. So, I mean, I, but I won't go to Providence. I'm not going there. I mean, I'm not going to go sit there and have my my meal ruined by that. I mean, that, that's atrocious. And I, I, I think it's deplorable that if, if a mayor's not going to do anything, the governor really should have stepped in. I mean, that those business people, I mean, I, I'd love to see them really start to make more of a um, voice, you know, saying that they need to do something to deter that from happening. I just think it's it's just out of control and they're just out there all the time. I mean, it's just until somebody actually does something. Once somebody steps up, if a lord says the police can get in there, then it will stop. That's right. Folks, she is our friend, Dr. Lisa. Dr. Lisa, great to talk to you. Keep up the good work. We'll talk to you soon. You too. Thanks, Juan. All right. Folks, there it is. Dr. Lisa, uh, Lisa with us uh, on this um, on this rainy Friday. Right now, it's 1244. Folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro. Now, remember, AM 1380 or 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dipietro.com. This portion of the program is brought to you by Brothers Disposal. Get a purple dumpster. For your driveway or place of business with Brothers Disposal, I'll tell you, Roland and Willie, those guys are just terrific. 688-0517. Are you doing maybe a small household construction project? Call Brothers Disposal today, 401-688-0517, and they'll put a dumpster right in your driveway. Now, other disposal services, if you call them, They'll only give you the dumpster for a week. With Brothers Disposal, 
they'll put a purple dumpster in your driveway, as I call it, for 10 days. Same price. That's two weekends. Brothers Disposal. Call them today. 401-688-0517. Roll off containers. Maybe you're doing, as I said, a uh, household construction project and you need a dumpster. Maybe you're getting rid of some unwanted belongings. Hey, wintertime is coming. You want to clean out your house a little bit? Who knows if we're locked down? You're going to need all the space you can get. Get rid of some unwanted belongings. Reclaim your garage. Reclaim your basement or your attic with Brothers Disposal. Call them today. 401-688-0517. 401-688-0517 for Brothers Disposal. Come on, brother. Call Roland and Willie at Brothers Disposal today. 688-0517. Well, good afternoon on this Friday. Again, folks, it's John DePietro. Weekdays. We start at 11 and we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online, as I said, at the website, depending on where you are, at depetro.com. Depetro.com. Remember, sponsored, depetro.com, brought to you by Just Angels, Gifts from the Heart. Beautiful custom religious items, hundreds of other products, perfect for all occasions. Link right through. It's justangelsonline.com justangelsonline.com. Now, uh, in regards to these new restrictions with the governor, folks, a lot of it seemingly has to do with small household gatherings. It's not the large parties, but what Dr. Lisa was just saying with Governor Mundo and these these new restrictions, folks, what, what I don't think President Trump has highlighted enough is if you look around the world, for instance, the local our our media in the United States, the national mainstream media, all they talk about thirty eight states, COVID going up. I, I just don't think they want to mention the fact. Meaning, whether it's the Raimondo administration or the Trump administration, no one wants to say it. Certainly looks like this is the second wave that we've been hearing about and talking about. Now we're better prepared than we were last time, and I also think it's very important. Yesterday. At the Governor Mundo press briefing, is still not telling us the difference of the number of people that are testing positive and what their age bracket is and then how many are actually ending up in the hospital. And is it from COVID or is it from something else? Because keep in mind, if someone has cancer and they go to the hospital, for instance, um, you know, Herman Cain, they all like to talk about that he died from COVID, but in reality, he was at stage four cancer. He was, you know, dying. He didn't, he did, apparently he, he did test positive for COVID, but I, I wouldn't, I'm not convinced that that's what basically was his, you know, undoing, so to speak. So with, with Herman Cain, and, and as far as Rhode Island, our hospitals are a little more crowded, but they're not overflowing. They're testing all of the college students, and there's not one college student in the hospital. If you take away anything from today's broadcast, now right now it's 1249. This is the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Remember, you can listen online at the website, depetro.com, depetro.com. Brought to you, depetro.com, sponsored by Mills Coffee Roasters. There is not one K-12 student from a Rhode Island school in the hospital due to COVID. There is not one college student that is in a hospital in Rhode Island due to COVID. There are, there are college students in the hospital for various different things. There are children 
unfortunately, in Hasbro for various ailments, whether it be leukemia or cancer or different things that are wrong with them. But it's not because of COVID. So I think they should do a better job explaining exactly who is in the hospital. Who is it really impacting? Who is it affecting? Now, Governor Chris Christie, who was part of a lot of the um, uh, debate prep, um, he came out last night with a, um, a statement about the fact that he wasn't wearing a mask. And now, I see, I, I don't like this because they made a big deal about it. And what is the president going to do about Chris Christie? But Chris Christie was on Good Morning America, and this is uh, Governor Chris Christie talking about him being in the hospital with COVID. Me, um, I did. I heard the president say last night that he has no problem with masks. I think we should be even more affirmative about it. Um, That's why I put out the statement I did. We need to be telling people that there is no downside to you wearing masks. And in fact, there can be a great deal of upside. And I think if we all do that, that's one of the things we can contribute as Americans. And I think we need to be honest with the American people. I heard the president say... You know, the, um, I mean, if that is not an example... Of, to me, that, that means that's the beginning of the, the Christie 2024 campaign. That's what that means. I also want to play, you know what story didn't get a lot of attention, and I don't know why, and that was uh, Gail King of CBS um, sat down with Kenneth Walker, Breonna Taylor's boyfriend. And for whatever reason, it didn't get a lot of play. I doubt that they really got into the whole thing. But let's, I want to just hear just a little bit of this. Drugs were found in that home. We went to Louisville over the weekend to talk with Kenneth Walker about that night. To the world, just a hashtag, a picture, and all of that. But to me, it was much more. More than a girlfriend, too. I think that's what I want the world to know the most. That was my best friend. The most important person, pretty much, to me on earth. And they took her. Let's go back to that day. What kind of day was it for you, two? It was a normal day. It was a relaxed day. Really just chilling and just being us. You know, we, we went on a date, went out to eat, went back in the house, playing, you know, watching a movie. Take us to that moment when your life really changed forever. It was a loud bang at the door. You know, nobody was responding. And we were saying, who is it? You all did ask, who is it? Several times. Several times, both of us. There was no response. You know, the police say that they said several times, it's the police. If they knock on the door and say who it was, we can, we can hear them. It's dead silent. I know a million percent sure that nobody identified themselves. So the next thing you hear, the door flies off the hinges. Are you feeling afraid? Definitely afraid. But I don't, I don't have much room to be afraid because I got somebody here that I got to take care of. So you hear the heavy knocking, and what do you do? So now at that point, we're getting up to put on clothes, make ourselves decent to answer the door. Then I grab my gun. We should also say you were licensed to carry the gun. For sure. That was the one time I had to use it. I mean, if it was the police at the door and they just said we're the, we're the police, me or Brianna didn't have a reason at all not to open the door and see what they wanted. So the doors, the doors fly off the hinges. I, I let off one shot, and, you know, I'm figuring if somebody's trying to break in or something, they're not, they're not going to want to do anything after that. And after that, what happens? And I don't think I ever heard so many gunshots, like, all at the same time. 
I've never been to war, but I assume that's what war probably sounds like. One officer fired six shots, Officer Mattingly. Officer Cosgrove fired 16 shots. Officer Hankinson fired 10 shots. That is a lot of firepower. I still try to make sense of it to this day. There's definitely, there's definitely nowhere to hide. There's bullets coming in every direction. When did you realize that Brianna had been shot? I guess in the, in the middle of all the gunfire, like she screamed. Now, folks, again, I want to point out, good afternoon. It's John DePietro, 1254 on this Friday. Now, the police have an eyewitness that they identify themselves. The police have an eyewitness that they identify themselves. What he is not saying is they thought it was her former boyfriend who was coming through, who was a drug dealer. I, I am not backing up in any way what the police did here. There were seemingly a lot of mistakes with the Breonna Taylor situation. But the, the person with that one shot was he shot a police officer who came in. They had an eyewitness at the grand jury that heard the police identify themselves. The, the person that they were looking for was her former boyfriend. There's evidence that initially he said the reason they fired, meaning this Brianna's Taylor boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, who, who was licensed to carry a gun. But they thought it was her former boyfriend coming through the door. And that's why he shot. shot. So I, I want to be, we don't have any evidence that he said, has said that I knew the cops were coming through the door and I didn't care, I was going to blast them. It's not like that. What happened to her seemingly... You like to think it could be prevented. What happened to that Breonna Taylor that has caused so much problems and protests and outrage could be prevented. But the moment the police were going to go through that door and then he fired on them and struck the first police officer through and then they emptied their guns. That's when things just went off the rails. Right. I mean, that is when. Everything was then in action. If, if you're a group of police officers, now again, I, I question, I don't know enough about, maybe we'll learn a trial. Why was it so important to go in right then? Why did they have to? They had a no-knock warrant, as they call it. But see, as they're explaining that, now I didn't play the full interview, but just the way she sets it up and frames it. If you don't know anything about this case, you think that they just went in and basically, you know, killed this Brianna Taylor. It's not your imagination. The the actions of the media are, are just becoming. It's becoming more troubling. I mean, just when I think it can't get any worse, this was another bad week with with the media, and especially last night. That's Savannah Guthrie. I, I I mean, part of me is, what did they think was going to happen? I mean, I, the, the, Trump, the president and his, uh, the president even said it's a rigged game going in. I just don't know who agreed to that. Or maybe he thought that, you know, you don't know enough about it. I know that one of the president's people went over and talked to her during the first commercial break. But even the president himself said, I'm going in and it's, it's like a rigged town hall. So I, I just question what what was the the purpose of last night and why did they think he was going to be treated fearly now this morning on the today show this is rich lowry saying the president needs to do something to stir things up in this final debate i just don't know if there's enough time you are now six days away 
away from the uh, from the final debate. Uh, as you know, President Trump trailing in, in just about every national poll that's reliable, trailing in most of the battleground state polls as well. What does the president need to do on Thursday to try and, and close the gap with Mr. Biden? Well, he needs to shake up the race. He needs to have a, um, a, a strong and aggressive performance, but nothing like the, the first time, which, again, made it all about him and was repellent to a lot of people. And get this race closer and then hope for a turnout miracle at the end. And, and a, a lot of the polls hope that a lot of the polls are wrong. Now, folks, what a lot of people, this, this is a race. Four years ago, a lot of people keep mentioning four years ago with Four years ago with Hillary Clinton and the president. But that that was a what they call a choice election, a choice election between you were choosing between Hillary Clinton and and President Trump. Um, That this entire race, as framed by the Biden people and the media, is a referendum on the president. And the problem is, though, there's no reference because Biden and he have not really spent enough time on on stage, so I I don't know what's going to happen next Thursday. It is, it's obviously a very important debate. I know the Trump people would like to have a a true third debate. Look at how there's no even talk in the media that they would have one. Um, but that that is um, turning out. I don't like the narrative. Everything is on this this white supremacy and asking about QAnon now. Like, what does any of this have to do? with who's going to be leading the country. None of it is about the issues. It's all on the president. Will you denounce this? Will you denounce that? What about this? And when did you get tested? And on and on. All right, listen, we have another big hour to go uh, right here. The power hour is next. Leave it right here. It's Sean DePietro. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to break for the one o'clock news. And then we're going to be back with more on the other side. Full power hours next. Remember, John DePietro show brought to you by West Fountain Auto Body. If you're in an accident, they will repair your vehicle. Did someone hit you? Call West Fountain, 272-3340. So we're going to break for the 1 o'clock news, come back on the other side, and a lot more on the restrictions here in Rhode Island and more. Right now it's 1 o'clock.